Hi, how you doing? We're back and we're ready for it all over again. Hello and welcome to Season 2 on the S10 Football Podcast. Genuinely can't believe we got past three episodes on the last one before we binned it. Um, I'd like to thank anyone who listened to any of Season 1 for their support as these podcasts do genuinely require a lot of time and effort. Um, on to today then, as some things never change, my right-hand man and S10 veteran plus all-round legend Mr Harry Ewing is back for another round of <laughs> podcasting content. Hello. Afternoon, mate. Hello, it's so good to be back. Um, second on the guest list is a third of the Us Three podcast and pub golf novice, the returning Mr. Jonathan Chick. <laughs> a pub golf novice, how are you, mate? I'm sound, I'm sound. And completing the cast is Pete Gorman's favourite football scholar and Jack Callback lookalike, the debutante Mr. Jack Byrne. Welcome aboard, mate. Uh-huh, lads. Um, so the usual questions for upcoming guests, I didn't think I told you about this, Jack, but you're just going to have to think on the spot now. Um, what team do you support? Uh, Huddersfield Town. Uh, your favourite and worst ever moment sporting Huddersfield Town? Ooh, tricky one. Um, favourite's got to be Shinless Penalty at Wembley, definitely. Um, what's a low point? Probably say losing to Leeds for, I think it was 4-0 at Ellen Road one time. Did, was it 5-1? 5-1. Might be 5-1, yeah. can't remember. But... Yeah, Ross McCormack scored like a hat-trick. Yeah, he Beautiful goal day. against town. Beautiful day. And... Your favourite soft drink? Ooh, um, I'm going to go Dr Pepper. Mm, controversial. Yeah. Tastes a bit like Disserano, doesn't it? Yeah. I'll back that. I'll back the Dr Pepper. Yeah, sounds. John, what do you think? Yeah, it's, I, this may be unpopular. I've never actually had one. What? Oof. Never Stop had one man. in my life. I, I can't comment, unfortunately. But I've heard I'm they're just, good. I've just been liking them. them recently, so, yeah. Mm. Been drinking a lot more of it. So, boys, our starter, now I asked you for nominations for if footballers were politicians. So, John, what have we come up with? Well, I basically, I was trying to think of, um, you know, like at the, at the beginning of the first lockdown when Dominic Cummings was basically, well, what was he saying? He went to that castle to test his eyesight or whatever. Mm. It kind of reminded me of when, uh, was it Julian Lescott when he basically tweeted a picture of his car after... Um, uh, they lost after Villa lost like six 0 to Liverpool, and he's basically claiming how it kept, like tweeted out of his pocket. He said it was a pocket tweet. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it just it reminded me. It was just so obviously just like not true because <laughs> he was getting so much slander on Twitter. So yeah, that, that reminded me of Dominic Cummings a bit. My shout is um, I've gone with the Michael Gove uh, Maxim Chupamoting shout because bang average at best, who somehow always ends up in top position despite not having a record to merit it. Um, Harry, what have you gone with? Um, I've gone with Matt Hancock and Neymar because they're both untrustworthy pricks who are pretty much snake the public or their fans to, uh, to go for their own self-interest. Like We've seen Neymar always gets quote-unquote injured conveniently around his sister's birthday every year, which leaves uh, PSG in the round of 16 without their talisman. Um, Allegedly. Matt Hancock does his dodgy trade deals with his pals when there are more effective ways of, of handling COVID, I think. And Jack? I've actually gone for Matt Hancock as well, but I've gone for uh, a pundit rather than a footballer. I've gone for Steve McManaman because everyone just hates him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one I put the other one I put down was um, Theresa May in comparison to Radamel Falcao at United. Tried his best, yeah. bless him, but was absolutely yeah. horrible at the job. 
So, lads, on to topic one. Now, I've also asked you for nominations for your favourite one-season wonders. So, Jack, what have you come up with? Um, a lot of people go for, like, Nietzsche and stuff like that, but I've actually gone for uh, Santa Cruz for Blackburn mm-hmm. in the 07-08 season. I think he scored uh, 19 goals and he was came fourth in the Golden Boot. And it, he faded away because he, he failed to score even half that goal tally in the next three seasons. He just literally just had that one season at Blackburn and that was it. But... Because Mark Hughes took him from Blackburn to City with him, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. God, I hate Mark Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry? Um, well, I mean, it's difficult to talk about one-season wonders without echoes of Salah haters always going on about he's a one-season wonder. And I can just sit here with a smug face. Um, but no, That makes a change. Note, <laughs> on a serious note, um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Piatek from, from AC Milan. Well, he plays at her for Berlin now, but he played at AC Milan for, a, I think, a full calendar year, so January to January. Um, and uh, he started the season, it was a few seasons ago, he started in Genoa, um, and he got he got something silly like uh, 12 goals in the first half of the season. And then um, AC Milan bought him, and he kind of mirrored that for them. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, basically they start they started again back in September, but like last year. And um, yeah, he, he ended up just moving in January because he did absolutely nothing. So I'll, I'll go for him. How are you in football hipster, is it? <laughs> well, I'm good. I, I think it's probably the opposite of what I am, to be honest. Uh, John? Um, I went for the obvious Michu one. I genuinely couldn't think of anyone else like, off the top of my head. I was trying to do it. And then I typed it into Google and he's literally the first one that comes up everywhere. It's like, I think he got 22 goals in all competitions in the 2012-13 season. I think 18 of them were in the Premier League and I can't remember him doing anything else. But I went on Wikipedia. It says he was at Swansea from 2012 to like 2015. But I, I genuinely can't remember him doing anything else apart from he's that season. He disappeared after that season, didn't he? Yeah, literally nothing. Class had approaching on him. That Swansea team were great with him, Bonnie. Good was that the one that on won him. the League Cup against Bradford? It might have been at that might point. Be, yeah. It might yeah. have been. My knowledge of Swansea isn't too too good, so I might need to brush up like, on that. It won like 4 in the final, didn't it? Something yeah. Like I, think. I selected um, Asamoah Jan at Sunderland in 10-11. Um, he somehow ended up at Sunderland after playing out of his skin for Ghana at the 2010 World Cup. And he ended up up top for Sunderland with Danny Welbeck, who was on loan from United at the time. Um, and I've also had a special mention to um, Adnan Yanazai, um, who was just unbelievable in an incredibly poor team um, that made him look better than he was. He ended, he ended up at Sunderland after yeah, that's United it. for a bit. Then, that's like, yeah. Yeah, who goes? For, did he go from Dortmund to Sunderland? Or Sunderland to Dortmund, I've forgotten. But he definitely played for both and then ended up at Sociedad because Moyes took him there. Yeah, he did. Jesus. Imagine working for David Moyes three times in your career. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, this next topic's going to cause a bit of controversy, I think, because there's a lot of thing, a lot of championship supporters describe it as the best league in the world, whereas the Premier League's sort of portrayed worldwide as like this biggest league in the world, most entertaining brand. But Jack, having seen your team play in both, which is better? Um, if it depends, if you, if you want to talk about football as a whole, I think maybe championship just edges. But if you're going to talk about just football itself. So at the moment, with like no fans and stuff like that, it, Premier League's miles ahead. But obviously, with other factors such as like fans and stuff, I think the Championship might come in a bit better. But you can definitely see a massive difference. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree in that um, I imagine as a fan of a Championship club, like you feel more connected um, since it's like you don't get many like, plastic fans. And I know you're probably going to 
pin someone at me there, Gorman. But uh, you, you don't get many plastic fans since the club's not performing at that top level. So, um, yeah, there's that. But then at the same time, like unless you're pushing for a title, I think the stakes are a bit lower. Like the playoff system at the end of the season is great. Um, and it definitely contributes to the entertainment value of this championship. But at the same time, you don't have that like Premier League title to push for, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. But then, like, when in regards of like watchability, it's well. I, admittedly, I don't watch a lot of the championship, but uh, I know it's more scruffy, um, and it works against and for uh, the watchability. To be honest, so it's worse quality football, but also there's larger margin for error, so anyone has a bit more of a chance. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, when we look at the quality of football, there's no question. Like the Premier League is is the pinnacle, maybe in the world, but definitely in the top top select leagues. Um, but yeah, so I just think. Like both leagues are great in their own way, but the Premier League is obviously a, a giant and excellent at, in terms of quality, and the Championship's more of a fan, fan-based uh, league, I, I believe. Anyway, John, having seen Leeds in the Championship for a good nine, ten years, um, and then go up to the Prem, where do you stand on it? I think it's. I, I'd usually say like the competitive nature of the Championship is so much better. Like I can remember like when Palace got promoted the season before. They were almost getting relegated. Same with like Reading. But now in the Premier League, you see it a lot more. Like we see West Ham and Leicester obviously doing so much better. And I mean, Southampton were doing well for a, a proportion of the season. So I think that the competitive edge in the Premier League is getting a lot better in terms of there's a lot more to play for. But I, I just, I think, because I, I haven't really seen Leeds in the Premier League, obviously with fans in. I don't know if I can have a fair say on the Premier League yet, but I, I miss the midweek games in the Championship so much. Like 46 games yeah, in the season. You really notice it in the... Yeah, I, I genuinely, it's the one thing I miss so much because, like, 46 games, you just, I, I noticed so much of a difference in the Premier League. It's such a drag waiting for the next game, especially if you play, like, <clears throat> on a Friday and then the following Monday, almost in two Mondays' time. It's such a such a long way. And, and the playoffs make it so much more entertaining. Like, if you're in 13th in the Premier League, you literally have nothing to play for, but you can make a late push in the prem- in, in the championship into the playoffs. That's why I just think it's it's just got that little edge over it. And, and I think the fans are way For better me, as well. Like you see West Brom are never gonna beat Man City on any given week. But last week Barnsley had won nine out of ten and were pushing into the playoffs and lost to Sheffield Wednesday, who had six point deduction at the start of this season and uh, second bottom. That that stuff doesn't happen in the it happens more in the championship than in the Prem. Like the only result you could really point out this year has been Sheffield United winning at Old Trafford. But apart from that, has there really been any like shock results? I think Burnley at uh, Burnley at Liverpool, Burnley at Anfield. No, but everyone wins at Anfield now, man. Yeah, yeah, but that was the start. That was the nobody did. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Anfield's now, Anfield's now like the centre of like driving fines, isn't it? Because every time you go past, you get three points. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. It'd be more of a shock when they actually like beat someone there. To be yeah. honest, yeah, like, nice, nice one. Like, for me, with the the Premier League's more of like an entertainment value. It's got obviously the world megastars, the fast-paced football. And it's obviously more watchable and it's got a better standard of football. But for me, the championship in its... Uh, I think you touched on it there, John. The fact that unless you are like 15th with five games to go, your season's still alive. Like, how many teams was it with three games to go that st- still had a chance of going down playoffs or automatics last year? I think it was like oh, the, 12. There were so many. But yeah, the championship last season was ridiculous. It was like, I think because we on the last day, we were promoted and then it was... 
Brentford, West Brom were fighting for the automatics. Mm. There's so many teams in the playoffs. Ban- Swansea Bansley got into stayed, the playoffs. Bansley stayed up last year by beating Brentford and stopping yeah, that, getting promoted. Yeah, big game, that. Yeah. And, and then Swansea crept in on, like, goal difference after Forest blew, yeah. like, a seven-goal swing on the final day. Five Ridiculous. goals, didn't they? Brewster scored, like, three or four, I can remember. Yeah, it's it's just so good. That's yeah. why I, I, just pre- I just prefer it. But I haven't probably seen the fans in the Premier League yet, so I went to see. The other thing with the Premier League, it's such, like, a sanitised sort of product, whereas I feel like championships more old school like that's why i'm so in favor of barnsley going up to the prem because it'll just be a change from like the watfords and the bournemouths and yeah like you know there's you know there's all these teams that seem to have like the same sort of ground like the reddings and the derbies that just seem to have the same stadium painted different that's that's why i kind of fear with leeds i don't want to be in the premier league sort of sitting just 12th 13th every season i want a bit of excitement and if it does I don't. It's maybe unpopular. If it does mean going down and then coming back up and having another fun season in the in the championship, then like Palace spend like the last five six seasons just in like fifteenth place. Like that just that to me is just so boring. Yeah, I'd hate to support yeah. Palace or Brighton or anyone like that. Burnley, because all these teams have got like ceilings basically, where you know what they are and yeah. they know what they are, which is even worse. It's difficult, but like basically, it's not confined to typical big six because, like, if you win the thing, you're not in it anymore. And I think that's what keeps it so fresh because you've got like the competition's constantly flowing. You get what was what it six new teams? Is it every year? Mm. So because obviously, frigate promoted, frigate relegated. Good um, maths. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just it's just great because the cha- since champions don't remain in the league, you can't have one team dominating the championship year in year out. You can have it, obviously, if they come down. But if they're that good, then they'll stay up. Yeah, like Wolves and Leeds are like, staying up down yeah, there. So. Yeah, exactly. Like those mm. two. Like, one two mm. just look absolutely, like, aside from the rest. You say that, though, but the highest points total in the Championship, I think I'm right in saying, is Reading, and they got relegated straight away. So it doesn't always work like that. No, no, no. It's yeah, true. it's, it's, and, it's and weird, isn't it? I think of Norwich as well, and they got, they got what, rock bottom last season. Even though mm. they, Yeah, they, there are so many yo-yo clubs, like Fulham and, like, Norwich and... I was gonna say what they the fuck? Yeah, they around. just go up and down, up and down. Like Norwich, you'd like to think probably are gonna go back up like this season. They're bossing the championship, but they're probably one of the favourites to get relegated as well if they don't invest again. Yeah, so yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, but because in... I also think like um, in terms of watchability, TV cameras don't do the championship any justice because they just uh, they just visit the teams that are doing well and they're just playing against rubbish teams. They never really focus sort of looking down the table. They never broadcast big games down at the bottom, which is where, I don't know, your most entertainment probably comes into play. Yeah, the football might not be great, but might get a scrappy last-minute winner that'll like, mean three points so much to the club down below. Whereas nowadays you just see, I don't know, Norwich Norwich against someone in 10th and it's just a boring Norwich 3-0 no win. Yeah, that's true. We we were always on TV last season. We were always yeah. on Sky, like early kickoff, evening kickoff. It was always us against someone else. That you don't, you never see like the relegation battles at the bottom. They're so underrated. Like what Barnsley did last season was so good. Exactly that game against Brentford. Like everyone were loving it, weren't they? But yeah, just like you know, <laughs> that was the only one whole season that they really showed about relegation battles. But the reason yeah. why the reason why Leeds were always on telly is because Leeds have had by far and away the biggest fan base, and they've knew that if Sky knew that if they put Leeds on. They get more viewing figures. That's how they do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. But the the money you get from TV rights in a championship as well is ridiculously low. Like I think I I don't know what the combination was. I of, think it's like three percent of we... the Premier League money in it. Yeah, it's stupid. I think we must have earned like more money in the opening like three games of the Prem 
than we did like all season last season, despite yeah. being shown almost like half two thirds of our games. Yeah, it's nuts and it's Sky absolutely love leads as well. Yeah, that's Sky Sports leads. Absolutely so love leads. So true. Right, on to a different topic because I'm bored about talking about poverty football. <laughs> um, respect the champ. Nah, nah. No, nah, I'm, I'm joking. I do respect the champ. Um, but in other news, Rangers have won the league since the last time we recorded a podcast. Um, Harry, do you think Gerard's ready for the Liverpool job when Klopp goes? Well, I mean, Klopp's contract doesn't run out until 2022, which really is right around the corner. We're talking... And you know he's on borrowed time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so by, by 2022, like, no matter which slightly look at it, Gerard won't be ready for a job like Liverpool because um, he hasn't managed at a top level yet. Like, Rangers are great and they're playing well at the moment. If they Maybe if they got further in the Europa League, then, then they'd be in the conversation. But I think like, they got far enough with the side they've got, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the side's great. But at the same time, like we've seen it before with managers where, um, like, look at Lampard, who's tarnished his reputation at Chelsea for taking the job too early. Um, and it's now being outshone by Tuchel, who's an actual kind of polished product. Um, and then look at Pirlo at Juve, um, who right now just isn't ready for a job of that calibre. Like, it, it, I mean, it goes without saying that maybe Gerard will be a quality manager. And he does seem like he's destined for Liverpool. But in that, what, year and a half period, I'm not sure that he's ready to take on um, a job like that, especially following Klopp, who's been so successful um, since he's only, what, two or three seasons into being a manager? Like, I'm just tired of this trend of, oh, bringing the next ex-players as managers before they're ready sort of thing, where it's just, I don't know, I, I just think we should be patient with it and be clever. Um, yeah, I think what it is, is, like, I think his success at, his success at Rangers definitely supports, like, that he does deserve a chance at Liverpool one day. And he needs to be given time, but like, obviously, the thing like the thing with Lampard, they just Chelsea just love getting rid of the managers so quickly. Like, I think when Jard does eventually go to Liverpool, I think Liverpool fans need to be patient. Yeah, yeah, with true. Because obviously, it's, yeah. it's going to take a few years. But when he does get it right, it will mean so much to Liverpool fans that he's like he's getting stuff right and they're winning things under Gerrard. Whether it means they need to get someone in between Klopp and Gerrard, not necessarily just to win things, but just to set up the position of Liverpool for when Gerrard comes and, and just to get him in a good position. The key difference between Gerrard and Lampard is, though, the only job Lampard had before getting the Chelsea job was taking Derby from sixth to sixth and not getting promoted. Yeah, Whereas yeah, Gerrard's had four years, is it four years at Rangers, won the league despite being absolutely miles behind at one point, um, got to the last eight in Europe. So it's completely different for me. Um, and on the Rangers thing, it's a classic question, Johnny, but how do you think they would do in English football? Where would they be in like the pyramid? I, I genuinely don't know. I think I think their form in the Europa League shows that they might do well. Like If you think they're, they're further ahead now than Spurs in the Europa League at this point, like they're reaching the same sort of levels as Arsenal and Man United so far, I think they'd probably come like mid-table-ish. Based on this season, I think Celtic would be looking near enough, almost relegation threatened. Um, but they've they've had a poor season themselves. But I, I, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see how they do because I just think it's for them too. Like like we see the Premier League as sort of being like a top six dominated league. Like the Scottish League is literally just two teams battling it out. Like if they came to the Premier League a bit like Swansea and Cardiff, like you know with the Welsh teams, it would be interesting. I think. Mm. Uh, Harry, what do you think? Um, yeah, same sort of thing. 
Um, but to be honest, I think they'll place a bit, um, bit more towards relegation. I think maybe fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Um, because I just think they've got a few standout names like Morelos, Tavernier, but like the quality of the whole squad's just not not enough. When you even when you look at some of the clubs that are um that are down that side of the table, like you see some of the players they've got, and, and they're they're still decent players. Like you look at what's that maximum at Newcastle and that sort of thing, where the players are a quality, and I think. Especially with the managers you get in the in the bottom half of the Prem as well, like some of them are still pretty experienced compared to Joe. I mean, this sounds like I hate Joe. No, I, I love Joe. I love what he's doing at Rangers, but at the same time, like I just don't think Rangers have the have the squad depth and the quality, and also the the opposition that Rangers face on a uh, on a season wide basis is mostly what Scottish teams. When you think how would they place when you're playing teams like Arsenal, Spurs, obviously Liverpool, City, United back to back. I'm not sure they'd be able to find the form to stay in that top sort of top half of the table. I think Gerard's done like the best out of any sort of manager that's uh, that's come out of retirement recently. Like I'm trying to think like Neville at Valencia and like Lampard did a decent job at Derby and, and Chelsea, but like I think Sol Campbell and Paul Scholes have all tried, but he, he's definitely done like the best I'd say out of managers who've yeah, come yeah. out of retirement he's done, he's for football recently. Job. It sounds like I hate it sounds like I'm hating what he's doing, but no, I do, I genuinely do think he's good. I just don't think he's uh, quite learned enough yet to be considered in the Prem. That's all. If he stays at Rangers, Harry, he could end up being like playing in a higher European competition than you lot next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gerard true, Gerard, in the, Gerard in the Champions League and Liverpool in Europa Conference, love to see it. <laughs> Kamar, Kamar Roof in the Champions League. What a sight that would be, that. <laughs> What's our yeah. preference, Rangers or Celtic? We'll start with Harry. Uh, well, it's no surprise. I prefer Rangers. Like, uh, Gerard plays a role in it. Uh, I just prefer the squad. And also, like, I prefer the underdogs. Like, we're looking at, when you look at, um, in Germany, I prefer Dortmund to Bayern. In Italy, I prefer either the Milan team to Juventus, that sort of thing. So, I think I just kind of like that underdog status. John? Yeah, I'm the same underdog. Um, I liked, well, now Kamar Roof has gone to Rangers. I quite like him a little bit. But yeah, if it was between Rangers and Celtic, Rangers, yeah, definitely. And Jack? Yeah, I'm the same. I think it's just like, I think it's really good to see Rangers like have this season after they've just been in Celtic shadow for like so many years and they've not been anywhere near. So it's nice to see like an underdog for so long being up there again. Uh, yeah. I, I really I really dislike them both. They're both so weird as football clubs. Like the whole religious thing just needs like who's actually asked? <laughs> <laughs> I know Honestly. it was it was it was when they won the league. There were so many people that I saw like that were non Rangers fans and even like non Liverpool fans just like sort of raving all, about it. All, all, the, like, fla- yeah. all the flags yeah. all the flags came out, didn't they? Like yeah. Burnley and Glasgow Cel- Glasgow Rangers like oh my god. Yeah, it's like Rangers Reds like Man United Rangers fans. It's like I just the only thing that I decent about Rain, like Morelos is a bit of a shit house, isn't he? But apart from that, it's like, you know what I mean? It's just not a real affiliation with them. Right, on to topic four. Um, it was a bit of a favourite in series one. So, football conspiracies. Now, you, you can add yours, but these are mine. So, Wolves, they never play at Molyneux when it's not at night. Um, Seydou Dumbia was a FIFA regen who never actually existed. And um, Spanish midfielder Isco retired between 2017 and 19, but nobody noticed. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I was guessing, what, did did um was it like did Doombia go to Newcastle? Am I making that up? 
No, I did. I, sh- I think you did anyway. I just remember. That's just on your. That's just on your career mode. That's <laughs> yeah. <it>. yeah. <laughs> no, I swear. I swear he went to the Premier League, but I never. No, I swear he did. I swear he did. Though. I just remember his carnal FIFA in the Premier League. I was thinking, all oh, these teams I can make on Ultimate Team, and then <laughs> I don't think I ever saw him play ever. Actually, what FIFA was it yeah, where literally yeah. every person had that Doombia um, and Ibarbo and all that? And, what FIFA uh, was that? Javinia, yeah. Javinia. 15, I think. Yeah, my, yeah, 14, I think it was 15, yeah. It was 15. Yeah. yeah. And Wolves definitely don't play at Molyneux in the day, by the way. That's not even, like, up for debate. <laughs> it's because it's they've got... It's like... when they're on telly. It's when they're on telly. No, they, I can't... Even... That they're on, they're Actually, on. the only game I can think that they played that was, like, half 12 kickoff was that Villa game where they um, scored a late penalty, I think, Villa. Um, go on then, Harry, give us yours. Um, I might have reused a couple, I'm not sure. But, obviously, I'm going to go for the old classic. Uh, Man United and Chelsea play each other in the cup every year. I mean, it's, it's bound to come up. Um, uh, also, another classic. Donnarumma has been 21 for five years. True. Um, right, now, now I've got a bit more creative. So, uh, Harvey... but Well, this isn't even creative. Harvey Barnes only scores equalisers. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Adama away definitely works out. He's not just, quote, naturally strong, like he said. I once said that as my Tinder bio. What? You're naturally strong? Yeah, I remember, I remember that. Actually, you had a picture with that. You had a picture with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I remember that guy. Adamatori was once quoted as saying, "Like, um, um, I don't do weights. I'm just naturally strong." And I put it as yeah. my Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, every Liverpool kit is just uh, a competition for who can who can design one worse than the last one. Yeah, every Liverpool third kit that is not every Liverpool kit. But... Nah, nah, you were right the first time. No, no, no. I mean, every every Liverpool fur kit. I sound like I was. No, no, no. Yeah, the fur kits are always grim. Go on, Jack. You next. I've just got a couple. I've got um, for me, uh, Thomas Muller. He randomly just became younger again over the past few seasons. Like obviously, <laughs> for like sort of eleven, twelve, twelve, thirteen. Like he was one of Bayern's most important players. Everyone thought he was going to like fade out and stuff, but. He's still Bayern's, one of Bayern's most important I swear players. he's looked 31 for just about not five aging. years. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just not ageing at all. <laughs> and then the, the other one for me is uh, Sevilla. They always have a good Europa League campaign. Like They're always in the hat. <laughs> like, always. I swear, they were in that, I swear you, they're always in the draws, Europa hat when they're in the Champions League, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. But yeah, they're all they're always there. I think they've been in a, they've been in a couple of finals over the past few years. Did, they won it like four yeah, out of they, five, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Liverpool. Yeah, they beat yeah. Liverpool. I think. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they've won it loads in the last ten years, like what four times, five times yeah. silly. Um, I've went with uh, Palace. Never win a game, but they always manage to stay up. Um, Man City always seem to get Shakhtar Ardenesk in the Champions League or Porto or one of them. Um, Burnley only ever win game at Turf Moor, and Man United Chelsea always ends nil nil. That I've never seen a goal in that fixture ever in my life. Never. <laughs> you know what? You might have a point with that last one. <laughs> yeah. It's so. It's just. Oh, it's, it's such a boring. Fixture. It's never entertaining. So never entertaining. Like you could tell me that Rashford free kick against Chelsea went in. It didn't. It's always nil. It was the league cup that as well. That doesn't count. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Always nil nil. Prem Prem Man United Chelsea is so boring. They always hype it up as well during the the, the, the most yeah. hype the most so hyped up game is um, United Liverpool and it's always crap as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah past few years. It's yeah, been absolutely. Big big six games this season or like, like past couple of seasons are just always awful. Yeah, like, they get hyped up all week like Super Sunday. It's like oh yes, great. What's this? Nil nil. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
It's actually like the game before, like Burnley Southampton's free kick. <laughs> yeah. Big game. Of the... Sunday. Right, topic five. Um, I want your most famous slash iconic football interviews. Now, since we last recorded, there was a certain interview which made up 25 pages in the following day's Daily Mail. And it got me thinking, what are the best, most famous interviews ever? The winner earns a pint and it can't be on the previous episodes of S10 because they don't count. Uh, Harry? Uh, on football's return uh, in COVID times, it was the first game back for Dortmund-Schalke. Um, one of the most watched games ever, I think, because everyone just thought, hey, it's football, we may as well watch it. Um, Haaland, uh, he, he had a great performance. I'm, I'm not sure how many he scored, but I know he scored at least one. Um, and he was he was asked just stupid questions by the uh, by the interviewer and literally just had the most blank expre- expression. Then he kind of scowls for a bit. He just gives two-word responses back. Bearing in mind, this is off the back of a Derby Day 4-0 win. Uh, he just leaves the scene with a cocky smile and the, the interviewer just clearly is just fed up. It's hilarious. I mean, I'm not summing up very well, but trust me, it's good. Yeah, um, you've not summed that up very well at all. And uh, I've, got a, I've got a second one as well. <laughs> oh, Tommy, you're killing me. Um, Klopp's Let's Talk About Six, Baby, that one. I don't, you've definitely seen that, surely. No, I was, hide- I was hiding under like a... Pile of sand when that yeah. happened. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the Klopp doesn't even steal the show. I mean, obviously he does that cringy. Let's talk about six baby thing. But then it's the it's the interviewer that stares right down the camera and awkwardly mouths the words, and it, it, yeah, it, it making pretty much every viewer uncomfortable. But yeah, no, it's, that's probably that's probably not I go for. If I'd have actually seen that, it'd have probably made me throw up, not being uncomfortable. Yeah, it was grim. Like it was weird. Go on, John. You next. Um, I went with two. I went with one that was more a. Sort of pop, well, I say popular one, more well-known one. Uh, when Louis Van Gaal called Chris Smalling Mike, um, in that, in that, was it like a? Press it was a pre-season. It was a pre-season, pre-season yeah, one. A press that one, it yeah. was like, and yeah. the captain last season and he kept calling Mike. it as well, didn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. And then, and then it's like it's like Chris Smalling literally does nothing about it, and then the interviewer goes, "Oh, so Chris," uh, and he was, like, "Oh, Chris, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry, yeah." Um, and the other was a bit of a more of a rogue shout that probably no one's ever seen in their life. Um, it was when Dave Hockaday was in charge of Leeds uh, back in 2014, a grim time. And he was talking about Chilino and his aspirations with him and the club. And he was like, I, I think he said, this guy wants Leeds to be in the Champions League. I believe over the time that that, uh, that it will happen, I think it's inevitable. The timescale, I don't know. I want to be part of that journey and a big part of that journey. And he was sat like five games later with one win. Yeah, but that was just Dave Hockaday in a nutshell, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a great manager, great manager, unbelievable. You, Forest Green to Leeds. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Van Gaal there. Have you ever seen the video of him like singing his own song when he was drunk at the end of season awards? He was going like Louis Van Gaal's army. Like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Can't say I have, but I can imagine him doing it. We're like, was it him that fell over on the touchline, just faked like falling yeah, over? Home, yeah, yeah, diving. To, yeah, home to yeah. in front of Wenger. <laughs> Well, yeah. That was that was Rashford's home debut, I think, if I remember rightly. And um, yeah, he scored, scored two. Yeah, scored one of them was a header. Um, yeah. Go on, Jack. What are your shouts? I was trying to think of a Warnock one, but I'll gen- one couldn't actually. You, you could mind, literally so take. I've you could literally take any of the documentary ones. To be fair. Yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just a photo of him with his hands behind his head, looking at ref. <laughs> but um, I've gone for. Um, Adebayor and Ericsson. Um, the interviewer asks um, Adebayor to present the match award to Ericsson, man of the match, and he just goes, no, I'm going to keep it for myself. <laughs> and Ericsson didn't really understand him and he was absolutely fuming at him, just staring at him. 
And then I've got, um, it was, I think it was this season, it was when I think Wolves beat Leeds 1 0. And um, they were, they were interviewing Cody oh, after yeah. the game. And this and they said, um, one of, like, I think his partner at centre back got mad at the match. And Cody like, said, did he? And started laughing because he was so surprised. Oh, yeah, I think I have seen that. <laughs> they were still on the yeah. laughing studio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they gave it to like Max Kilman, didn't they? He was like, "Oh, did he? All oh, right, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah." He was like, "Oh, did he?" <laughs> My so, favourites yeah. are um, the Rafa yeah. Benitez fact ran about Mr. Ferguson in two thousand and nine, um, and uh, Roy Hodgson's "Let's not take the piss here" one. Well, I'm <laughs> certain <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I think that's on the same level as he could have been killed. Same level. Oh, <laughs> so that was oh, yeah. against uh, yeah. Ashley Williams, wasn't it, where he kicked Van Persie in the head. Yeah, um, yeah so good. Also, a special mention to um, Kevin Keegan's I Would Love It rant against Ferguson as well. I would love it if we beat them. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, Any Neil God. Warnock thing really wins, did it? Yeah. Did you yeah, see yeah. I want to beat Plymouth so much. <laughs> did, you see, um, did you see Neil Warnock's um, Roy Cropper one the other day? Oh, was it, was yeah, it when he was like me, saying... Yeah, I remember. Was he like comparing? He, he always compares himself to Roy Cropper. He was like spent a minute going that one out of Corey. Which one is it? That, yeah. uh, that all the Roy, all like the... Roy Cropper. Well done, son. Well done. Son. <laughs> he's like he was like I'm the Roy Cropper. <laughs> Quality. You know what? If Ollie ever goes, I want Neil Warnock to be United manager. <laughs> he can have one last job before he eventually. That's where he's been retiring for like ten years as well. <laughs> If you can make one change to football, what would it be, Harry? Um, right. So what I've gone for, um, and bear with me here, I would uh, I put a spending cap on transfers. So basically, what what you can spend as much as you want, but as long as it doesn't exceed your sales profits for by more than like say I don't know fifty million. Um, so this would so say for instance, if you um, want to spend money. You can spend 50 mil, but then if you want to spend any more than that, you need to make sales in order to pay for it. Because I think what that does is like it encourages more teams to take risks. Um, well, that would be you not signing Harlem then. <laughs> 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 well, but yeah, well, I just think uh, it's just nice to think that you can kind of remove money a bit from the equation. Because I think football's become so obsessed with money in that nowadays, if whichever club's the richest is whichever club's the best, is sort of thing, or whichever team's the best at least. Um, and I mean, it. it it just means that if, uh, say, a, a, not pointing any fingers, but uh, if a billionaire oil owner or oil company owner was to, um, or, an, or an Arabian prince or whatever, was to come over and take over a club, uh, it'd be a much slower process to like buy yourself to success, if you know what I mean. Like Teams have to rely on more quality management and captaincy, for instance, rather than having a bench worth more than the opposition starting 11. So I just think, yeah, it'd be quite... I mean, obviously it's never going to happen, but if I could change something about football, it would be... Maybe putting a spending cap to to make people get a bit more creative with it rather than throwing money at it. No surprise that the tightest man I've ever met wants to bring the spending <laughs> cap. <laughs> <laughs> you still owe me about forty pints. You say that every time. I've 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 definitely made up a little bit since I've been back. You one hundred percent haven't. I definitely have. No chance. Forty. 40 no, pints. it's not 40 pints. He's, he's he literally, every every time I see him, he brings about three pounds and then goes, oh, Tommy, I've run out of beer. Can I have some? No, 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 no. You... <laughs> All right, fine. I'll just surrender him. Whatever. You did, did. Garmin's class to go out with because he just gets too too drunk. And see, that's just what I mean. Crazy drinks. Him, and, him and Steers do that. Yeah. Steers does that as well. Yeah. Steers is a good one for that. He's been dishing um, out Captain Son recently as well on tap. Yeah, we love fact. to see. Um, Chick, what would you bring in? 
Um, well, going off what we were on about earlier with the champ having like a good playoff system in the Premier League, not and it's like if you sit in the table, it's just kind of boring. Um, I was actually thinking like if you introduce like a almost like a two tier kind of playoff system, so like obviously the the champion like the champion, then almost like second down to probably like the Europa League spots, battle it out for a Champions League, and then from some I don't know like ninth to like. 14th, 15th, other notes, it introduced some sort of playoff system to try and make the sort of mid table teams and like eighth, ninth teams more entertaining for them, I think. Interesting. Jack? I've gone for um, the punishment for time wasting. I think that obviously it, got, it became more strict, but it's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, one that annoys me so much is when the player who commits the foul. They'll pick the ball up, run away with it for ten seconds, and then give it back, like or standing mm. in front of the ball. I think like it disrupts. Well, when you watch your team, it disrupts the momentum. So, but yeah, Jack, I think you've probably got the best shout. Apart from this one, I'd introduce a cricket-style review system instead of like the constant VAR pauses. So you can have one per half per side. It stop like the constant pauses and give like clear clarity on why something's being looked at. And also, it'd be them up to the managers to or the captains to sort whether something needed reviewing, not just some guy in Stockley Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what else, I'd love to see uh, ref yeah. cams. Ref mic'd yeah. up. Ref mic'd up. I'd absolutely yeah, love to yeah, see yeah, ref cams. Yeah, I know because in in super in rugby super league it happens, and you can follow and understand the game from a referee's point of view so much more. Than a football game, and I just think it's better just to understand why. And what Super League works yeah. better than Union, anyway. Yeah, fit rest. Yes, I knew he'd buy. I knew he'd buy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't even hold that opinion. Just wants to get a bite at Harry. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, right, thank you to the boys for appearing. You can follow the pod on Twitter at s ten football pod. You can follow Jack at Jack underscore Burn fourteen. Johnny Chick at Johnny Chick underscore underscore and Harry Ewing at Harry Ewing 7. Just before we go, funny story actually, I was doing the prep for this podcast and I was looking to see if I'd got um, John's Twitter written down and turns out I didn't, so I had to go onto Twitter to look at it. And um, I found his old account and he had some belters on there, which included... Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Where has this come from? <laughs> which, which included tweeting to himself... I'll take the compliment. Cheers, pal. It was like Wayne Rooney when he um, called himself out for a fight that time. <laughs> I think, I think, wait, I think I remember someone bringing it up. I think I accidentally, like, didn't reply to the person, just end up replying to myself. <laughs> I'll take the compliment. Cheers, pal. That's what we're going to title this. <laughs> is that is that the account with the picture of Pablo Hernandez, like, nutmegging Bradley Johnson, or am I making it up? At Johnny underscore chick, I think. Yeah, it is that one. It's Pablo Hernandez. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, thank you to the boys for appearing, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye.